second half action here on Main Street Sports today. Coming up, we'll chat with the assistant executive director of the TWSAA, soon to be the executive director. Mark Reeves will be joining us. Also, uh, it is Reaction Monday, this day in Braves history. Reaction to that series as well. First-hand account from one Chris Yao, who was in Hotlanta. And... Titans and Preds conversation, NFL draft on the way, and the Preds in a playoff push. All that coming up second half now. Back to the Hall of Famer, Mo Patton, and the Sundrop Kid from Alabama, Chris Yow. Yes, welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Um, real quick, <laughs> want to just mention that, thank goodness the Preds lost in overtime yesterday because they remain one point ahead of Dallas for the number for the first wild card spot right now because of that. So just, you know, thank goodness for overtime points. We'll take the one point. Mm. We needed it. Uh, other than that. Well, if you can't get the two points. Preds are stinking. Which, again, look, hey, the, the Panthers are phenomenal. I mean, they're, they're, they're as probably as good as Colorado. Okay, they're the number one team in the East. They're They're really good. So I'm not – Really upset, but it's it's tough. They're putting themselves in a precarious position, and it's not by losing to good teams. Well, right. I mean, they should should have beat Buffalo. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't lose to Buffalo. And if you are going to lose to Buffalo, you need to beat Florida kind of thing. And you can't lose to San Jose, who's rolling in here tomorrow night with a 29-33-9 mark. No, you got you got to beat – which out there they – Roughed them up pretty good. So San Jose coming in here with a little chip on their shoulder, a little blood on the water. <laughs> nice. Give he didn't get the ding because JP's busy. He's he's trying to do something else. Sorry, you you, you missed out on your ding. <laughs> hey, well, better late than never. Um, but yeah, story of my life. So, real quick, we got about five minutes in this segment. I w- I want to talk about this because. The last time that we had <laughs> this on the show, it was not great. It wasn't um, good. It was pretty bad. And it wasn't any. It wasn't your fault. It wasn't anybody's fault. It, it was just, just bad. So was, the the let's try the world again. did not want us to talk about it at the time. Yeah, and Perhaps we forced they it. do. Yeah, because the the Tennessee Titans have been named in Brian Flores' suit against the National Football League. Uh, in regards to its hiring practices due to a hiring process in which Ray Horton, a former Titans defensive coordinator uh, was interviewed and he says now that the interview was a sham because they were going to hire Mike Malarkey the entire time. He says now it was a sham. No, he did not say that at the time at the time. And yeah, we, we clumsily <laughs> mentioned that the last time we talked about it. Um, Paul, Paul Kaharski, longtime Tennessee Titans beat writer at paulkaharski.com, re, republished Ray Horton's reaction coming out of that interview and said that he felt good about the interview, appreciated the opportunity to interview for the position with um, – Titans owner Amy Adams Strunk and was, you know, fairly complimentary of the process, even though he ultimately did not get the job. So, 
a lot of people are wondering how from there to now did the process become a sham? Well, and the answer lies in a podcast that Mike Malarkey basically said as much. You know, he basically said, look, they told me in 2016, I'm the head coach. And they hadn't gone through the entire interview process to get through with the Rooney rule. And which, and if you don't know what the Rooney rule is, it requires that all NFL teams interview at least one minority candidate uh, for their head coaching uh, openings. Now, basically what they said was, uh, this is a quote from Malarkey. I sat there knowing I was the head coach. I was their head coach in sitting in 2016, and they went through this fake hiring process knowing a lot of coaches they were interviewing, knowing how much they prepared to go through those interviews, knowing that they were doing everything they could they could do, and they had no chance of getting that job. So even if Ray Horton doesn't call it a sham, Mike Malarkey is calling it a sham. So now what? Here's here's the, the here's the real question. And it's probably way too long of an answer for two minutes. But what is more of a sham? Is going through the process knowing you have a coach, or being forced to go through the process knowing you have a coach? The whole process as it currently sits is egregious. I mean, if if you don't – I just don't know if you should be able to force a team to interview people that they know they're not going to hire. Because, again – You're wasting your time. You're wasting their time. What's the point? This is my thing. And, and, and I understand where, where it comes from. I understand the, the idea – behind it but in practice it's just not it doesn't work because it doesn't matter if they interview these people or not they're not getting the job if they're not going to be open-minded about the process and i guess mike tomlin was the exception with the with the pittsburgh steelers because that ownership group had an open mind going into the hiring process and they were open to being swayed in their interview process there's a difference though in that Bill Cowher retired. So it wasn't like the Steelers hired, fired somebody and didn't know who they were going to hire, right? In most cases, NFL teams are firing somebody with an idea already of who they're going to hire, whether they're black, white, green, or purple. They know who it's going to be. So there's a difference between hiring someone after a retirement and hiring someone after a firing, I think, mental in the mentality of an ownership group. Mm-hmm. Because you've said it, I've said it, if you're going to fire somebody, you better know who you're going to hire. I have a pretty good idea. And so it's, it, it, I just don't think that it's a, it's a great process. It needs some work. And there need to be some, some more open minds. And only one of those can you address. There you go. Anyway, that's there's a lot that goes into this, and I'm curious to see how it's going to play out. This this lawsuit certainly has more legs than it did. Mm-hmm. So anyway, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to the future 
Executive Director of the TWSAA, but current Assistant Executive Director Mark Reeves on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student-athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries, and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, J.P. Plant on the controls, and we are coming to you from Columbia, Tennessee, reaching across Middle Tennessee and beyond. Looking forward to the future in this segment. Not, not reacting again. Well, kind of reacting, I guess. Reacting to the news that TWSAA Executive Director Bernard Childress announced his retirement last week, and darn near immediately, the question was answered, who would fill his shoes? Well, Mark Reeves gets to try, and the former Springfield wrestling coach will take the position later this year. But for now, he joins us on the show. Mark, welcome in. Thanks for joining us, man. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Former Springfield wrestling coach is how I choose to refer to him, but um, that's that's just one of a number of hats that Mark Reeves has worn. He was also assistant principal 
at Springfield at East Mark. Is that right? Both what? actually. Uh, yeah. So started my administrative career a little bit unexpectedly. Um, at Springfield High School, we had an assistant principal that left uh, in the middle of the year. And uh, myself and John Offit, who was one of the assistant football coaches at the time, um, split that position. And I became full-time the year after that. Spent a couple of years in that role before spending uh, my last two years in administration at East Robertson High School. That was prior to TWSAA. Splitting anything with John Offit had to be an experience. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, Mark, the way things transpired Wednesday, and you and I talked earlier in the week, and um, you gave me nothing, and thank you for that. But um, <laughs> did you, one, I, I feel like everybody kind of knew what was coming, but two, did, did you feel like the who's next question was going to get answered? that quickly you know honestly um i i don't know um i think we all try to prepare ourselves for everything I, I, you know but the board could could have done whatever it wanted to do um which could include opening that up um and bringing somebody in uh from outside um we see these things happen across the country and they're handled uh, a number of different ways um so I wasn't really sure what to expect either <laughs> going into that meeting on that day. So there had been no pre-conversation, hey, if, if asked, will you accept or, or anything like that then? <laughs> well, not not by board members, no, not at, not at all. Um, you know, but we all we all think of those hypotheticals and I know uh, I know uh, I know I know there are, there are those. I know Mr. Childress. I know that the history of the association is to stay, you know, in house. And uh, I I know that Mr. Childress had confidence in the staff that we have now. Um, so in my mind, I'm I think we were all thinking that his recommendation uh, would probably be to stay in house as opposed to going going outside. Um, so going into that meeting, um, you know, I think we all were prepared for what ifs and. Um, you know, that, that's, that's what came to fruition. Um, it was a bit of a shock the way, way it all went down, but, um, you know, I'm just humbled and honored just to, to have an opportunity to, to try to, um, fall in the path of, of some giants. Um, you know, it's been an incredible experience working for, um, for Bernard and, and prior to him with Mr. Carter and, um, you know, just going back to the history of the association with Mr. Bridges and Mr. Gideon, and um, it's 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 incredibly humbling and a bit intimidating, uh, but very exciting um, because I love this organization. And I love the work uh, that we are all entrenched in. Um, I love education. I love educational athletics. I believe it's one of the most influential platforms anyone can have in the lives of young people. And so when you're looking for, um, you know, ways in which you can make an impact, um, you know, on this, on this world, I, I, you know, folks who are in the business, administrators, teachers, coaches, it's, it's hard to beat that. And, and to just, uh, to be mentioned in the same sentence with some of those who have led that work is, is quite humbling. Mo. 
it's a good it's a good thing he was willing because it was unanimous that he was going to be the guy. <laughs> yeah, that would have been one heck word, one, 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 one mel of a hess, as you like to say. Has he said? You know, I, I, I I'm not so sure about this. I'm not so after, sure about after they this, voted yeah. twelve nothing for him. Yeah, speaking with TWSAA assistant executive director until June thirtieth. Mark Reeves, who on July 1st will become the fifth executive director of the Tennessee Secondary Schools Athletic Association, as he mentioned. And you kind of stole my question from me, Mark, about, you know, the legacy of AF Bridges, Gil Gideon, Ronnie Carter, Bernard Childress. So I'm going to try to take it in a different direction. Um, your friend and mine, Stephen Bargetzi, made the comment during that Board of Control meeting that the only thing that's going to change with Mark is the name <laughs> on the affidavit when we get sued. You know, um, Ronnie Carter had his Brentwood Academy. Bernard had his Memphis East. Um, Bernard's de dealt with a global pandemic. I mean, you got to feel like... <laughs> Surely things are going to be a little bit easier for me than they were for the last two guys. Well, if history is is a good indicator, and and what I've learned over the course of my life is it usually is is that no, it probably won't get a whole lot easier. <laughs> There'll be different different things that none of us have thought about that 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 rise um, you know to the surface. Um, but you know you, you know that going in. Um, but the, I think the beauty of this work is you're, you're not in it alone. Um, you know, none of us are in it alone. We, 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 we just represent, um, you know, in this case, almost 900 member schools. When you look at high schools and middle schools, and we're just, we're, we're, we're simply the voice of that organization and that collective wisdom and the collective good that, that those 900 member schools are doing, you know, you've heard it said for so many years, we just, we just try to do the right thing. Um, and, and that's what we'll continue to do. And that's what I intend to do, um, as the next executive director, uh, I've got the wise counsel of a lot of folks around me. We have an incredible staff. And as I said, uh, uh, administrators and coaches all over the state who, who believe in that same cause and we'll be able to handle whatever comes at us. We, we know there's been a lot of talk, obviously that the championships have been, here, there, and everywhere in the, the last couple of years because of the pandemic and that sort of thing is, you know, when when the TWSAA is most involved is in that bid process. So, you know, is there anything that you would like to see different in, in the next few years or are you just hoping that uh, that you guys can just kind of make sure that everybody is in a good spot, whether it be – Chattanooga, Cookville, or Murfreesboro, or Chattanooga, or or Williamson County Ag Center, is that kind of your your focus? Is still just kind of making sure the athletes get the best they can possibly get. That's absolutely the focus. Um, you know, one of the integral parts of what we do um, is to try to provide the the best championship experience that we can for those kids who have worked so hard. Um, and, and wherever that experience may be um, is, is certainly something that we're interested in. You know, we've had a number of wonderful partners over the years, um, you know, in a, in a lot of different parts of the state. And, and some of those, the way they have evolved, the way those uh, events have evolved and the, the way people have been connected together to um, take those events to the next level are, are, 
some, in a lot of cases, um, unforeseen. You, mm-hmm. you, you stumble into things. Um, the, the timing of, of, of the way things come together sometimes are things, you know, are, are just, I guess you can't plan for it. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. And, uh, but I think what the organization has done as a whole for so long is we've, we've taken those opportunities that have arisen and, and tried to maximize those uh, with, with partners across the state. And the communities that have embraced those events have just done an incredible job in taking them to the next level. So, so yeah, as, as we move forward, um, you know, you can, you can certainly see across the country where uh, state associations are taking on uh, more more sports, more activities. Um, I, I could certainly see uh, that coming down the pipes in the future. Um, and and as we do that, when we're planning out what that looks like, you got to start at your championship. Where is it going to be? Who can host it and work backwards uh, to make it all work? So um, there there very well could be some some tweaks and some evolution in the way some of that's done. But um, that's exciting. That's that's a fun part of the work. Mark Reeves with the TSSAA with us here on Main Street Sports today. Mark, um, at a legislative council meeting prior to this board of control meeting, a proposal to sanction boys and girls lacrosse, I believe, was tabled. Um, You've got girls flag football kind of being tested in Williamson County as a pilot program that you all are I guess keeping an eye on monitoring to to a large degree you know what what do you see as the next moves for the TSSAA in terms of you know maybe adding sports maybe not but you know just trying to increase athletic participation at the high school level so we're always looking for those opportunities and I, most of the time just like with lacrosse and girls flag football those those opportunities or those um, uh, those conversations start with the membership um, the the schools themselves those 900 schools are 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 in our ear about what they would like to see and uh, for lacrosse for example and um, being the most most recent you know, we had a number of schools that came to us and said, hey, you know, what what does it take? We, we think we're ready to, to take that next step. We've got 50 plus schools, et cetera. And and so the first time the council um, took a look at that and and, and approved it and um, then retracted that approval, that that was done um, to try to make sure that we weren't taking away participation without taking you down to the weeds of, of how all that went down. But but it's the schools and the membership that have that have taken that that roadmap that the council kind of laid out when they retracted the sanctioning, and they have aligned themselves to, to come into compliance with what they would have to do in order to be approved by TWSAA. So it's it's the evolution from the schools, the organization from the schools, girls flag football. You kind of see that same kind of. Uh, evolution taking place in the Williamson County area, but we're already starting to get inquiries from other parts of the state, you know, about girls flag football, girls wrestling was the same way uh, you, that was initiated the interest by, by the schools themselves. And you kind of see how that, um, that expanded in its interest and evolved into what it is today. So it's a, uh, it's kind of an organic process, but, but normally and, and, and rightfully is, is initiated by the schools. 
and and I know as um with wrestling being one of the two sports that you kind of oversee along with soccer in your current role, I, I know that the girls dual wrestling championships that were sanctioned this year for the first time, first time it's been sanctioned nationally by state high school association. Uh, was something that you felt pretty good about. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, um, you know, personally that was incredible to watch. Um, Maurice, you know, you know, wrestling's near and dear to my heart. It's a big part of, of my DNA and, um, the reason I'm sitting in this chair, um, and, and the reason why I've been in education for uh, nearly 25 years was a big part of that. And, uh, uh, you know, to see the the team part, that the team championship come to fruition with girls wrestling, the, the team concept for wrestling sometimes is, is set aside. It, it can get forgotten because we crown individual champions. But um, even in those individual sports, whether it's wrestling or cross country or golf or tennis uh there's those um team attributes that come to the table you know that's why we do what we do that's why the kids play what they play is because they enjoy doing it and they enjoy the relationships that come along with it uh so yeah i can say um you know for tennessee to be the first state to to have that team wrestling championship on the girls side that was pretty special it certainly is special and uh looking forward to a special run as executive director uh mark we, we we are excited about working with you we appreciate you taking some time with us today we uh, look forward to many more conversations in the future about all the things that that will certainly come up in, in your tenure as director <laughs> well i can't say say enough about how much we appreciate you all um you know shedding some light and bringing some attention to to these kids and these programs and the work that they're doing. So thank you guys. And, and I appreciate you having me. It is certainly our pleasure to do that. That is our number one goal as it is yours is to make sure the kids have as much recognition as possible. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk. Um, well, it's Atlanta Braves time. We said we talk about them every day. So here we are. <laughs> we will come back and give you this day in Braves history and preview the Nationals series as they get ready to first pitch tonight. So we'll be right back. Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Comes back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 
or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. We'll talk tomorrow about college baseball with Chris Lee here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. We'll ask him about the finger poke, the home plate poke. Here's what's funny. I've not seen that home plate poke, but I saw one on TikTok, I think, a couple of weeks ago. And, yeah, it was it was some youth league kid come running in, and he just he double-tapped it. Ooh. Boop, boop. Yeah, you got to make sure you like it. Yeah. He, he, boop, boop. I love it. That's and so good. I, I sent it to my son, and I'm like, this reminds me of something you would have done if you had thought to do it. <laughs> you know? and I don't, there are stickers now yeah. of the, the poke. Wow. <laughs> it's ridiculous, mm-hmm. man. This Tennessee team is They are something. something. They really are. <laughs> I mean, and here's the thing about them. There's no, eh, they are right. Nope. It's one way or the other. It's, you love them, and, and it's you hate them, you to love the to hate them. Dreams. Yep. Yep. There's no middle ground with this UT team. So we'll talk more about that with Chris Lee. Yes, we will. Should be fun. As a matter of fact, we will, in fact. Yes. Uh, but right now, we're going to talk about the Atlanta Braves as we. Who are currently occupying the middle ground at two and two. Yeah, uh, you know, and that's that's. It's certainly not what you expected, knowing that you had Max Freed, um, Charlie Charlie Morton. Morton, Kyle Wright, and Ian Anderson going up against a bunch Ooh. of really nobodies Ooh. and Hunter Green, who made his now granted Hunter Green was dominant yesterday. Mm-hmm. Dude was throwing a hundred for like the entire game. Okay. Dude was great. Um, but, but I mean, a bunch of virtual nobodies and you get one, not only the two wins you got one of the, both of them were kind of heart pounding because mm-hmm. Kenley Jansen gives up three runs in his ninth inning appearance. Will Smith, of course, gives up a run in his ninth the, the inning. The Will appearance. Smith experience, part two. 
And it's it, to me, it just feels like it, it feels like this team is still filling each other out, and that's okay. Well, I think I think the short spring training probably has something to do with that. I think the turnover had something to do with that. I think Cincinnati may be better than we realized. Offensively, I think they definitely are. Pitching wise, I I mean, I really expected them to be not good at all, and they were really good. But again, here's the thing. We all know this, especially in the major leagues, when you don't know a lot about a pitcher, they typically have the advantage. Mm-hmm. So Cincinnati pitchers had quite a bit of an advantage because we nobody seen them. Nobody knew anything about them. So great job by Cincinnati, by the way, of doing what they do. And Atlanta didn't get it done over the weekend. Again, like I told you off the air, if if the call goes differently in the third inning and it's two to nothing instead of five to nothing uh, at first base, you may get a different ball game. You ne- you right. never know, but it didn't, and that's okay. Um, I refuse to panic over sitting at two and two sure. after four games, especially considering where we were last year and the fact that Ronald Acuna is not in the lineup. Hmm. Once Ronald Acuna gets in the lineup, and I never have to hear. Uh, Iron Man for a designated hitter's walk-up music like I did for Alex Dickerson yesterday three times. I I don't... (laughs) Anyway, Alex Dickerson has no business being a designated hitter. I just want to throw that out there. We would have been better off with uh, Manny Pena (laughs) as designated hitter. Or not any worse. Or Max Freed, for that matter. But anyway... um, Braves have have to get back on track, and here's the thing: division games now. You've got three division games coming up, three games against the, the Nationals the, uh, to finish out Champions Week, and tonight they're going to hand out forty thousand replica rings, and I will not be among those forty thousand, unfortunately, even though I almost was. Not due to lack of trying. Listen, I pitched my case pretty hard. <laughs> um, I'm really, I'm really. Surprised that you are here. And yet you ended up at the outlet malls. Yeah. Here's here's why. Because there are going to be, and this is what I told Sarah, I said, look, there's going to be ten to 12,000 of those people who walk in the doors who are going to be indifferent. They'll be indifferent spouses. Had she and I gone together, she wouldn't care if she had a replica ring. Well, good. She could have given it to me. Well, that's, this is what I'm saying. Is there gonna Charlie would have gotten one too, right? Th- there are going to be a lot of folks. No, because she doesn't have a ticket. Oh. Uh, there'll be a lot of folks who are kind of indifferent. So you're going to see some pop up on eBay and that sort of thing. And for, you know, 65 to a hundred bucks, it's still cheaper than buying two tickets to the game, staying in a hotel. If I can get one, I can get one. That's great. Um, the rings, however, are awesome. Have y'all seen them? I've not. Oh, I've seen the, the rings. I think the replicas, uh, somehow I don't think they're going to open up. They do not open up, no, unfortunately. <laughs> Which is half the fun. Oh, open up? You haven't so seen talking, the rings? No. So the okay. top of the ring you're talking about actually it has it a hinge. Has a hinge? Yes. What do you put inside the ring? Oh, that's where the magic is, big boy. The magic. Okay. <laughs> there is a... Do, do the <laughs> rings come with the magic, or do the Braves have to actually... Uh, the magic's Imports. already happened. Okay. In August, it's already in there. In November. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. So you open, uh, first of all, there are 755 
diamonds are encrusting the the Imp- ring. Important right? number. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a reason right. for that. Yep. There's also 44 emerald cut diamonds Ooh. on the ring. 44 important those, number. Important number. 44 of those Four. are em- okay. are emerald cut. Then you've got on the inside of the ring, it has the trade deadline date, <laughs> the three teams that they beat in the playoffs. And the scores. And initials AA? Uh, no. <laughs> but there well, is- Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Also, on, on the outside of the ring, before you open it, there's also a single pearl. On the, it's on the okay. side, yeah. Is it on the side? It's on the side. Okay. The nice. pearl is on the side. Okay. But, but there, it's perfect. There is a pearl. Yep. Got to have a pearl. And, and then when you open it- Well, hold on. We got to get to the- Is it on the inside where yes. the sword is? I didn't realize there was a sword. Heredia's sword is under- Oh, it must be like- On the inside of the ring, under one of the scores. So there's a there's a little picture of Heredia's sword that's engraved in there, which there's is for the A on yeah. the palm side of the ring as well. But when you open it on the left side, it says we are those dot dot dot. dot, 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 dot. It doesn't quotes. actually it just no. says dot dot dot. Yeah. There's an ellipsis well, there. Well, obviously. Well, I didn't want him to think we just weren't saying it. No, there is a <laughs> there is an ellipsis on the ring. And then there is a Mock, you know, Truist Park with 11 rubies denoting where the Braves' 11 home runs during the World Series landed. Although Which I'm not sure where they found Solaire's. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm not sure Solaire's is actually on the ring. I think it's like out. You just get an extra ruby for Solaire's home run because it's still loose. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but did you see the, 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 the field? So the field is not, it doesn't look like grass. It looks like a waffle. <laughs> As a nod to Plaschke's Waffle House <laughs> comment. That's, yeah. I uh, mean, seriously, they thought of everything. everything. They, left everything. No, they left no stone unturned. But, I mean, the... It's the, the greatest ring in championship sports history, and it's not close. The tribute that they paid to Hank Aaron throughout it yep. was just... Stellar. I mean, everything about this ring just screams, this is the greatest championship ring of all time. And second isn't close. I, I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find one that had that many. Someone said it was like watching a Marvel movie with all the Easter eggs in it. Because, I mean, the, you didn't re, you didn't realize the waffle thing. You, know? you didn't know there was no, I got to go back and look for the waffle thing. I also got to go back and look for the sword. It's... Phenomenal. Seriously, uh, if you haven't seen it, go go check it out. It's it's awesome. Um, we are way over. Uh, that's okay. Again, the Braves take on the Nationals tonight. That is going to be a 621st pitch at Truist Park Champions Week continues. The Nats uh, come in at one and three. The Braves are two and two. Um, Josh Rogers. Josh Rogers, who was two and two with a 328 ERA last season, gets the start for the Nats. Waskar Enoa, four and six, four oh five last year, gets the ball for the Braves. And can't let you go without giving you this day in Braves history. On keep an eye, JP, on Chris's face and see how red it gets. All right, hold hold on a second. I've got the uh let me get I've got the ring actually center Ooh. on uh, let me get back to an image that has uh Chris in it so I can uh 
Yeah. There we go. Monitor okay. him. Okay. All right. April 11th, 2021, replay was officially deemed obsolete as Alec Bohm was ruled to have scored the decisive run in the Phillies 7-6 nationally televised Sunday night victory over the Braves, despite a variety of camera angles all, all showing all showing that Bohm never reached the plate on his slide following Didi Gregorius's <sighs> sacrifice fly to left in the top of the ninth. Entering the game at four, at four and four, the loss thwarted a chance for the Braves to go over 500, which they would not achieve for the first time until August 6th in their 111th game. So <laughs> that's ridiculous. Still, seven camera angles. Nope. Not a single one. Not a one. Not a By one. By the way, the, the new, they got to, they have to announce what. The call is. Have you seen this? Mm-mm. So umpires now after they get a review, microphone. they have a microphone after review. And the call in the field is this. Blah blah blah. After further review, I, I would have hated to have been an umpire who had to announce that in Truist Park last year. Last year, oh Luckily, yeah. Luckily, they did not have oh, to. Oh, that would have been the only thing that would have been worse than what actually was. Because ten, you thought Tennessee was bad. <laughs> This would have golf balls and mustard bottles all over oh, for us. Absolutely. My gosh. Anyway, come back tomorrow. We've got Top Five Tuesday. We've got Chris Lee. Who else we got? We got oh, we Chip got, Walters. We got Chip Walters, yeah. as we do every Tuesday. That's right. I forget it's Tuesday. In fact, we got Chip Walters in studio. Chip will That's be in right. studio. That's going to be fun. So, That's right. You guys come back with us. Same bat time, same bat channel. Two o'clock. We'll see you then on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint.